Hey, CEOs. Welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bowie. And you guys, I am so excited for this episode today. This is a topic I have actually been looking to record an episode on probably since I started the podcast. So I was like, this is something we don't talk about. This is something that a lot of ambitious female business owners are facing. And what that is going to be is learning about love and relationships as a high achieving business owner. I really think that when you have so much ambition, so much dedication to your business, there are ways that that impacts your relationships and really trying to figure out what that means for you. So I am so excited to have Sammy Wonder here with me today. Sammy is a leading international relationship and dating expert who specializes in working with ambitious, high-achieving women, helping them attract lasting romantic love. As the CEO of a thriving multiple seven-figure business, Sammy currently serves as a highly engaged global clientele across 65 countries. Her clients range from celebrities to CEOs, bankers, lawyers, doctors, renowned authors, leading entrepreneurs, and more. To date, Sammy's company has served thousands of clients and recorded over 500 client engagements and hundreds of committed relationships since 2016. She's a leading authority when it comes to dating and relationships and is sought after expert in the media. Her core work philosophy is empowering ambitious women and their love lives who are looking to attract their soulmate, teaching high-value dating behaviors, feminine energy, and the importance of dating with boundaries and an empowered mindset. Sammy, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me and for that long and beautiful introduction. It was wonderful. And I'm just so excited to have you here. I would love for you to just start and give a little bit of a background as to what led you into this career and kind of how we've got to where we are today. Absolutely. So I have a 180 turnaround career transition. So I am a trained economist and have a master's in public policy. And I was working for the United Nations, the International Labor Organization, and I was set out for a career path in the banking sector till I came to Germany as a young woman to pursue my master's. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to get the career side of this down really well because I'm a go-getter. I know how to work hard. I know how to discipline myself and be dedicated to my goals. And I would like to have love in my life at the same time. And so I started dating for the first time in my life, you know, coming from a traditional country like India. I was just a book nerd and it was all about getting the top grades and reaching the right top colleges of India. And then when I finally arrived in Germany, I was like, it's time for love. And it was a disaster. I just couldn't understand why a woman who would be reasonably good looking, have great education, be a good hearted person, have such a hard time attracting a good high caliber man. And basically, I used to blame men, Christy. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong. <laughs> Well, if we just pointed fingers at the opposite sex, I think we're going to end up at a stalemate. And that's exactly what happened to me because I said, they're all just intimidated by my success in my brains. Now, how many women listening to this are telling themselves this? Raise your hands. No shame in our game. But what happens is for high achievers like me, myself and our audience is that when we start to have dating disasters, we use the umbrella description of men are intimidated by me, 
to not take responsibility for our part in the equation. And basically, I did that for years till I came across a guy who I could for sure see had so much more wealth than me, so much more success than me, actually really wanted a sexy, intelligent partner. But when he dumped me two months into the connection, I was like, okay, it possibly cannot be about your brains and your success anymore. So I remember sobbing in my apartment in Berlin at 2 a.m. at night. You know, love feels very personal. It attacks at the core of our self-worth. And I remember just feeling maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe love is not meant for me. Maybe I'm so much better off just hyper-controlling my career and my success because those things give me safety. They give me dopamine hits. And I actually feel like I can win there. But in this department, I just seem to keep failing and keep losing. And so maybe I'm not choked out for this stuff. But then I remember waking up the next day and going, that's not you, Sammy. You're not somebody who gives up when life throws challenges at you. You're somebody who solves them. And don't let your desire for love get wiped out because of these negative, painful experiences you're having. In fact, what if you got really curious about why this is happening? And what if you had the courage and the humility to admit that you are part of the problem? You are the common denominator in all these experiences. And so long story short, I set out on a journey, a nerdy journey of getting curious about love, relationships, what makes healthy relationships come together and stay and last. And I had a complete love life makeover within one year's time where I started to date really high caliber men. I started to rotational date. It's not rotational sleeping, but I met many, many quality men at the same time. And my husband, Chris, proposed to me within nine months of meeting me. It was a dream come true in terms of the kind of person I was able to attract based on the shifts I had made in the way I was showing up in my love life. So the pool of men remained the same, but I started to attract better men. I started to be treated better by them. And it was because I had taken the work in my hands to shift the way I was showing up. And then basically, I saw I wasn't the only person who was having those struggles. I was surrounded by incredibly intelligent, gorgeous women who all had the same problem. And then I remember we shifted to Paris because Chris got a great job offer from the European Space Agency. And then I saw this ad show up on Facebook that said, do you have a skill set that you would like to share with the world that has made a major difference in your life? And I was like, yes, I do. And, you know, I got trained as a coach. I developed my own love success framework, which today has led to 900 plus, not 500 anymore, 900 plus committed relationships. I've built an eight-figure love coaching brand. And I think we're onto something really big here in terms of how robust the process is and just how many people it works for. That's incredible. And I just want to go back and really take what you said about, because I think there's so many women like, yes, the response is to blame men, but then the other response is also to be like, well, if I'm pretty the equation, then I'm the problem. And I want to make it so clear that what you said is not that you have to change yourself. You just have to present yourself differently. And that's what every single one of us do in our business all the time, right? We rebrand to attract a different type of client. We redo something different. That doesn't mean 
we're inherently changing our business or us as a human because we're wrong. And so I love that you phrased it that way, saying, you know, there's incredible women out there and maybe just what you're putting out isn't attracting the right person. So I absolutely love that. I am so interested to hear. You said you did a year-long like dive really figuring out what went into this process. What did you learn during that process? Oh my God. I think there are so many shifts that happened for me in that year's time. I think the first, I'll talk about the three top shifts. I think the first shift was taking personal responsibility. And I'm going to speak a little bit into what you just said, because I think the minute we hear the words, I am the common denominator, there's an alarm bell that goes off in the confident, self-assured woman's mind. Oh, so I'm the problem again. Nothing wrong with the guy, you know, because we are so in tune with self-judgment, right? Like we judge ourselves. And I think taking personal responsibility is very different from judging yourself. Taking personal responsibility is about having the wisdom to understand that even though we are masterpieces, we are works in progress at the same time. And this is about understanding that you are always inherently worthy and at the same time, there are always areas on, on which you can optimize. There are always areas on which you can do better. And when we do this work that I did, what I really understood was I also had this rebel activated within me. Like, I don't want to change myself for a man. Like, I'm not going to become somebody different just to attract a great guy. And what was interesting was to recognize that who I was showing up as and who I was being was not my true essence. And so doing the work was actually uncovering the layers to go back to being my authentic Sammy versus the Sammy I thought I had to be in order to get a great guy. So I think this is where taking personal responsibility for doing the inner work comes in. And I think that was the one big shift. I am ready to look at myself. Without this, I don't think we need to go to steps two and three because they won't work. Then shift number two is embracing the power of polarity in our relationships. So I, like most of my clients that I work with, like most of the women who are listening to this right now, if you're a high achiever, the chances are you are far out in your masculine energy. Now, this is not sexist, so don't switch off. Don't get triggered. Masculine and feminine are energies that exist both in men and women. And a balanced individual is able to access the right energy at the right place. So work as a woman, as a woman CEO, running a multi-seven-figure-per-year business, of course I need my masculine energy to support my team, to show up on my meetings, to get things planned, organized. However, if I show up with the same energy in my love life, it is not my best friend. And so what I learned and the, one of the biggest shifts I made was to embrace the power of polarity in my life. Now, this means that in a romantic relationship, you need the presence of polar opposite energies in order for there to be sexual attraction and a spark between a man and a woman. Now, I am an expert on heterosexual relationships. I believe in all forms of love, but please forgive me if I say man and woman, because that's what I specialize in. And what I found was I was showing up so much in my masculine. I was the 
leader. I would, I liked a guy, I would walk up to him. I would hand over my number. I would text to see how he was doing. I would ask him, when are we meeting? I would be so happy to plan the date. I would be so happy to, if he said he had a hard day at work, I would say, no problem, buddy. I'll pick you up. Let me take us today. I was always ready to split the bill to show that I am independent and capable of looking after myself. And then I would step so quickly into the caregiving, loving role. And somewhere down the line, I would get resentful. A, because I would feel like they don't value me. I feel taken for granted. And B, because I would get so invested with all the effort that I was making in my masculine energy. And C, I would keep repeating the pattern of just attracting more feminine embodied men. Because based on polarity, if you are going to show up as the doer, giver, hero in the relationship, then you're going to attract more laid back, passive men. And what I observe with all my clients, literally all my clients, is that if you are attracting men who don't seem to be a vibrational match for the kind of success you have, the kind of intelligence you have, then you are showing up in your masculine. And when you do that, you not only attract more feminine men, you also repel the very men you like. So it's so interesting that when I was showing up in masculine, and I liked these really ambitious men, the men who had their lives together, the men who were inspiring to me because they were doing even bigger and better things than I was doing, you know, I repelled them with my masculine energy. So can you see what a lose-lose game this is when you show up in your masculine? Not only you do you attract men who are not a great match for you, you also push away the very men that you want to attract to yourself. And so I learned how to show up in my feminine, in my love life. And today I can do this beautiful dance of being a CEO in my company. But then when I step out and I'm spending time with my husband, spending time with the kids, we're like 10 years, we celebrated our 10 years anniversary this year. You know, I'm the girl. You know, I let him spoil me. I let him bring me tea. I let him say, he'll come and, you know, massage my neck, ask me how my day was, lean in to kiss me. I am not in that rescuer, masculine, overgiving role, which is the role that many women assume in their love lives and then pay a heavy price for it. And I think the third big shift was releasing my intimacy fears and owning my boundaries. So I had a lot of intimacy fears. And I think every woman that I deal with has intimacy fears. Sometimes she's aware of it and can articulate it. Sometimes she's not aware of it and has no idea that she has them. But basically what this looked like for me was when I was dating, if a guy was interested in me and he was he had true potential, I would just find a way to reject him, nitpick on him, find fault with him. And it's like my conscious mind said I wanted love, but my subconscious mind did everything to push away love. I had fears of losing my freedom. I had fears of ending up with the wrong guy and ruining my amazing life. And so it was so interesting to look at all these ways your mind plays tricks on you in dating and in love, where the conscious mind is saying, I want love. And the subconscious mind is doing everything to push away love just to keep you safe and protected in that familiar space of, you know, being a single person. And then, of course, there's the boundaries bit, which is, you know, this belief that you have to be a nice person in order to be loved. And today I call BS on that, you know, I am all for authenticity. 
I'm all for speaking my mind. I'm all for saying no. And if men leave because we say no, then they're not the right guy. The right men stay when you know how to look after yourself and draw your boundaries. So I would say these were like the three needle moving shifts. There were so many more on the way. I love that. And the way you articulated that second point, that's a way I've never heard it articulated before. And I really appreciate that because I think we as a society tend to think that it has to do with societal roles, right? A man should do this and a woman should do that. But the way you describe it, it's like almost so scientific. Like we want polar opposites. And that is why, you know, opposites attract. We know that. And so that's why this, these two mindsets together work. And I just really appreciate you, the way you described and, you know, it's not, doesn't have to do with the societal roles. And that just makes so much more sense. So I would love to hear, you know, you have seen this go through and over 900 relationships, engagements now. What are some of the things that you noticed that were indicators of success in a relationship or indicators of, hey, maybe these people won't work together? Yes. That's such a brilliant question. And I just wanted to add to what you just said about, you know, how feminine masculine is often associated with traditional roles. I think it's so important to bust that uh, misbelief because what I have in my marriage, when I embody my feminine energy is a man who gives me massages, helps me in the kitchen and helps me with the kids. So (laughs) I don't think a lot of women who are talking about feminism have what I have through femininity. And it is about knowing when to channel my femininity and knowing where to channel my feminism. It's not one or the other. I am a high financial earner. I'm a, I'm a highly educated woman. So of course I'm a feminist and I stand by women's rights and I know where to embrace my femininity in order to win even more versus less. So there's a version of feminism that makes us believe that we have to do it all in order to be strong. And that leaves us often so burnt out, so unsupported. Our bodies are exhausted and we're carrying like so much burden on our shoulders. Whereas if you know how to marry feminism and femininity, then you can succeed at your workplace, but you can also come back to a nurturing environment in your home where you are also poured into and you are also supported. So I just wanted to add that. And now let's talk about the indicators of what looks like success. So I think the first big indicator of success is just imagine a man's masculine energy pouring into a woman. So where we see polarity, we see success. We see passion. We see great sex. We see that, you know, they're happy. They have the spark. They are playful. So if a woman is missing that, it's likely because she has stepped too much in her masculine Her man is feeling more like the feminine partner or more emasculated. And so when polarity is so easy to observe, you can just see it in photographs. It's as simple as that. Like the energy will communicate who is holding who, who is pouring into who. And if you have that masculine partner leaning into the woman, you know, she's happy and you know, she's well taken care of. I think the second big indicator is how well we manage conflict. Now, no matter who you are with, as much as he's Prince Charming, there will come one day where he's going to disappoint you, where he's going to say something or do something that's going to trigger you, that's going to bring up bad feelings. How do you both deal with that? Are you able to speak about it? Are you able to be respectful as you fight fair? 
And so what we've seen is that, you know, in Elevate, which is our six months group coaching program where we help single women find love and women in relationships upgrade and elevate their connection with their partners. What we found is if a couple can sit and have those tough conversations together, they are going to win in the long run. And Chris and I, my husband and I, it's almost like brushing our teeth. Like we talk about difficult stuff, not like it's one grand day of Christmas that we will talk about like the difficult stuff. It's like an ongoing thing. Like it's a muscle you build and then you sustain it for the health of your relationship. I think number three would be how good we are at drawing boundaries and asking for what we want. So showing up as a healthy, empowered partner in a relationship would look like not expecting your partner to read your mind, but actually putting the onus upon yourself to communicate what you need, to ask for what you want, to be met the way you desire to be met, and then create the space for them to step up and meet your needs that way. So I think drawing your boundaries, saying no, saying I can take care of childcare on day X, but not on day Y. That's my hobby day with my friends. I think that is so important in order for the longevity of long-term relationships. And I think in dating, we can just take the same principles at a macro level again. And in dating, we'd say, is the man leading the relationship? Does he text you? Does he call you? Does he plan dates? Or are you the one doing all the work? When you say, I can't do X and Y, or it doesn't work for me this way. Does he blow up? Or does he say, sure, let's do it the way you would want to do it, right? So if we are noticing that the masculine is willing to be there for the feminine and please the feminine, I think we have a really good thing going. That was so clear. And I love how you outlined all of those. When we're looking at this, is there anything that you can start to identify off? I don't want to say on paper, but kind of what I'm meaning, right? Just looking at two people, or do you really have to try it out with someone, give it a chance and see? I think paper is deceptive. I think you only get to know people through real life experience. So in Elevate, I have a six-step process called the Love Success Framework. And basically for single women, I would say, give three dates to men who are in their masculine and making an effort. Now, in that three dates, I say black and white tool, where I say, either you feel the attraction or you don't. And you shouldn't be using your head too much. You know it if you listen to your gut instinct. And basically, in those first three dates, I ask women not to sleep with the guy. I say, take your time with physical intimacy. We teach them how men and women bond differently, like women bond with lots of intensity. So if you talk a lot and text all day, you'll start to fantasize about the guy. But men don't bond this way. And neither do men bond through sex. And so now we're hitting against those fundamental differences between men and women, where unless you educate yourself on this, you're going to end up feeling disappointed, dejected, or getting over-invested really fast in somebody who may not be bonding with you so quickly. So I would say it's not really possible to judge people based on what they're saying on paper. You have to test for emotional maturity. You have to test for attraction in person. In person is where it's at, not virtually. So you may just go on some bad dates and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, there are many experts out there who claim to say it's a numbers game, and I don't buy into that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's a numbers game. I believe it's an energy recognition game. Mm-hmm. And once you do our work and you really start to recognize what healthy masculine looks like, what a healthy, empowered man looks like, I don't think you will be having a numbers game issue because you wouldn't give so many men a chance. You would be able to recognize when somebody's playing victim. You would be able to recognize when somebody's just constantly making excuses. You would be able to recognize that their attitude towards life is X and Y. And so I don't think it's a numbers game. I think it's an energy recognition game. But of course, getting to that point requires you to educate yourself to also get really familiar with your own energies. Like in Elevate, we talk about recognizing your empowered masculine, your empowered feminine, your wounded masculine, and your wounded feminine. The more you start to see yourself in those terminologies, the better judge you become of the person that you are talking with or meeting. You know, one day I remember, so it's a very blanket rule in Elevate We Teach, do not be a therapist or coach to your partner, okay? But it's so tempting when you know all these concepts. And so one day I felt so tempted with Chris, you know, he was complaining about something from his childhood and my head was just going, oh my God, he's in wounded feminine. Oh my God, he's playing victim. And so I took permission. I said, honey, can I show you like this amazing table we have in my program? About the wounded energies. Do I have your permission? And he was like, okay. And you know, I quickly made him the grid and I showed him all the energies. And I was like, okay, now that's how you heal this energy. And we stuck it on the fridge. And he said, that changed my life. Thank you. Because I was never able to see myself when I was trapped in those energies this way. And now I'm able to see myself and catch myself. And so when sometimes he will tell me, stop being in your wounded feminine, get back in your empowered masculine, because now we play with those terms between each other. And it's just so empowering to have this kind of knowledge about self and therefore in how it helps you in choosing the right person. And I really think, like you said, being educated and understanding why we may be acting or responding this way, sometimes just knowledge of why just changes our whole perspective, right? Instead of saying, oh, this happened to me, so this is the way I'm reacting or this is the way I'm feeling, saying, wait, wait, my body is reacting this way, but I can change. And there's something about just knowing. It's I think it's the same concept when people are like, I went to the doctor and something was wrong, but I got a diagnosis, right? Like I know what's going on, so I know I can change it. So I love that you shared that. I think there's so much power in just understanding ourselves and our bodies. So we are quickly running out of time, but I want to ask you one last question. When we are talking to super ambitious women who maybe have been struggling finding a relationship, being able to balance that with business ownership, what just high level advice do you want to share before we part here? Yes, absolutely. So the first one would be your bank account and your business. You're going to hit me for saying this. No matter how big big it is, it's not going to be there for you when you're sick and when you're old. So pay attention to your love life. Do not leave it to be addressed in your 50s and 60s. Address it now. You can have it all. You don't have to choose between love and career and see if you've been postponing love because you cannot imagine the two coming together, like having a seven-figure business and having a great relationship. You get to have it all and you need to do the work to pay attention to your love life now. 
And I think the second thing would be to embrace feminine energy. See when I say those words, see if you hate me for it, see if you get triggered by it, see if you it brings up something for you because that is showing you that this is the part that you need to pay attention to. In my single days, I hated all the feminine looking women. I was like, they're like just me, 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 me. And I'm the one with the brains. Till I realized I was rejecting the sweet, silly parts within me and embracing them healed me. And so embrace feminine energy. It is a true superpower in love. I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for sharing today. This has been so insightful and I just really appreciate all that you shared with us. If our listeners are looking to find you, work with you, where can they do so? Yes. So thank you for asking that. I'm all over the internet. You just have to spell my name right. Sammy Wunder, (laughs) S-A-M-I-W-U-N-D-R. And you can follow me on Instagram, Sammy Wonder Coach. You can go to my website, sammywonder.com and book a consultation call on how we can help you attract your empowered masculine man in record time or help you heal your relationship. And last but not the least, I have a gift for your audience because as I imagine and assume, you ladies have your masculine nailed down just like me, but the feminine feels a bit woo-woo and intangible. And so I wanted to gift you a training on the three feminine energy shifts you can make literally overnight to start experiencing different results with men or the man in your life that you like. It's called Lean In at Work, Lean Back in Love, and the link is in the show notes. Amazing. Sammy, thank you so much for sharing with us. I know our listeners have learned so much. I have learned so much. And this is just a phenomenal conversation. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you. This was so fun. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know in the show notes below if you had any comments, if you reach out to Sammy. We are so excited to hear from you guys. And until then, we'll see you next week. 